from the Not A Foodie studio in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at Radio Rampa, 6.20 a.m. It's the Not A Foodie show. As always, I am your co-host, Tommy Alley, and with me is... Mike Maranti. Hey, Mike. It's Saturday afternoon. Let's talk food. Let's talk food. Let's talk cheese. You want to talk cheese? Cheese. This is this is a story of the week, and this is like I feel like there are a couple food stories of the week, but this is this is a food story of the week. Well, it kind of hits everything I love. Yes, uh, cheese and science and hip hop. Yeah, I'll I'll give a little bit of a of a background to this story. So there are some researchers in I think they were in Switzerland. Yeah, they were in Switzerland, and they were conducting a study on the effects of music and vibrations on cheese. So what they did was they took a number of wheels of cheese, put them in rooms to age them for six months, and played one song nonstop. So they had different genres of music, and each cheese got a genre. So you had one group of cheese that got constant, um, constantly bombarded with Led Zeppelin, right? And then there was another group that was constantly bombarded with Mozart. And another group that was constantly bombarded with um, like techno, and yeah, then another group, I know, right? <laughs> and then another group that um, was constantly played hip hop. Now, all of these songs were, or all of these you know musical compositions were played just repeatedly for six months, and they wanted to uh, see what happened to the cheese when they were, you know, exposed to this. So, Mike, you want to you want to give a drum roll and tell about the the results, like which music. Did the best. Hip hop. Which particular song did the best, do you know? Uh, I know it's by Tribe. Yeah. I don't know what is it El Segundo? It's uh We Got the Jazz. Okay. By Tribe. So Tribe Called Quest, shout out Queens. Um they the R. song R. that they Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the song that, that they played was We Got the Jazz by um by Tribe Called Quest. It's called Jazz, actually. We got um by Tribe Called Quest. They played it over 24 hour loop. And that scored the funkiest cheese. I mean, yeah, how, that just makes absolute complete sense, right? I, I feel like they should have played some um, Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> well, just, they're going to do it with other music I, now. Now I'm that the study is has if, come out. Like, if you're trying to find the funkiest cheese, you should play <laughs> the funkiest music. So I not mean, even Parliament, just straight Funkadelic. Funkadelic, just like. Yeah. Or just like Bootsy. That's it. Yeah. Just, just a Bootsy, Bootsy bass line. <laughs> so yeah, Tribe Call Quest. Let's see. Some of the they they had um they had a control cheese in a room that did not have any music. Better cheese life than the techno cheese. <laughs> yes, the techno cheese. Poor techno cheese. Did that um did that one grow worse than the regular cheese? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> but I guess the um the the Tribe Call Quests. Cheese, the the classic cheese mellowed out, um, and it became really, really funky and fruity, and that was that was it. The um, Mozart cheese became really mild. The Led Zeppelin cheese also became mild. Did it say what Led Zeppelin song? Uh, I don't know. I can look that up. Yeah, no, I have no idea. I have no idea. But uh, I loved the fact that this that this study was done. I love the fact that the results are what they are. In the political climate of 2019, sometimes you just need a feel-good story. <laughs> this is a feel-good story. A so, Tribe Called Quest makes cheese taste better. <laughs> tribe Called Quest makes everything taste better. But one of the things that I read now is this lab that grows cheese is getting requests for, like, songs. They're like, can you do, like, this is my favorite, like, Leonard Skinnerd song. Can you just play it for a loop, on a loop? Freebird. Yeah. Can, free can you cheese. do Freebird cheese? <laughs> or can, here, can, how about some Welcome to the Jungle cheese? Have I told you one of my million dollar ideas is a, a wine bar that only plays a Tribe Called Quest? Yes. Yes. And I said that is every wine bar in the East Village in the 90s and early 2000s. Well, they were doing something wrong because they weren't <laughs> million dollar <laughs> bar. I mean, I remember going to like going to some famous wine bars that are still around today, and that was like the soundtrack. The soundtrack was always just Tribe, because this is the days before you had to before you can download everything, and so it was like one CD just playing through. You play play some Tribe, and and that's about it. It was the dark days uh, before the Moby CD. That Moby CD play was just played at every little like dark wine bar. It was horrible. 
everywhere you went, you'd hear that Moby CD. And it, it's a good CD. Do you ever go to Moby's restaurant? Horrible. The tea place? The vegetarian one? Oh, I don't know. The, the tea place in the East Village I went to. Yeah, way back in the day. But I wonder what would happen with Moby cheese. Uh, Moby cheese would <laughs> would start out strong and then get really, really annoying, have an annoying finish. <laughs> Persistent. Yes. Kenny G cheese would be. Kenny G cheese? Yeah. What, what would Kenny G cheese would just be, be the extra worst. cheesy? It would just, <laughs> just be extra cheesy. I want I want like death metal cheese. I want like black Norwegian death metal cheese. I want to see what happens to that. The cheese might die. No, but it would die. Um, it would die a righteous death, and it would die. Like it might die, like from the inside out. Like <laughs> it's like that. It would become that cheese in um in Sardinia that has like the maggots on the inside. You know that cheese? Oh God! Oh, you all right there? No. Oh. <laughs> it's a delicacy. You can't. Good. You can't get it anywhere. I mean, I don't want all it. of it. They probably. It's probably. You probably can't get it because illegal because it's ship. illegal. Yes, because it's illegal to take out of that small e- little. Every village. country is like. No, this is not coming in. Yeah, to it's us. like it's smoked in like indoors over a fire pit, um, but then left to basically develop like maggots on the inside of it that soften it. And like, I don't think you eat the maggots. I'm what not sure. What psychopath was like, oh, this is what I we mean, have to do? It's the same psychopath that said, look at this rock in the ocean floor. Let's crack it open and eat the boogers on the inside of it called oysters. No, you know? no, 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 but because there's no maggots and oysters. Yeah, that, that's that's like, how. All right. That, well, that's my I mean, reasoning. You're cool with eating an oyster but not a maggot. I don't know where Correct. you draw the line. But there. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we should move on. Let's talk about our show. We've got a really good show today. We do. We talk about weed. Yes, we talk about weed. We talk about wine. Weed and wine. And whiskey. I mean, we cocktails. Do. Yeah. <laughs> no. We're trying to go with the alliteration. Yeah. Always alliterate. Always. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, we've got a good show. Who's who's our guest today? My boy, Alexander Lazaridis. Yes. Uh brand new cocktail uh beverage manager of the we've pharmacy. Got, yeah. The drug room, the I pharmacy, <laughs> the drugstore. <laughs> the drugstore. There we yeah. go. The drugstore yeah, yeah. in uh, the Hudson. Hudson Yards. Yeah. yeah. But he but we, we talk about mostly we talk about southern food because that's all I want to talk about is pig. <laughs> anyway, that's the not a foodie show. We'll be back in a minute. Back after this. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session, tell them that the Not A Foodie Show sent you, and I'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount. BK Media Studio in the heart of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Right next to the G train. Brooklyn's most convenient studio. Hey everyone, it's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. And we are back with the Not A Foodie Show on Radio Rafa, 620 AM. At Not A Foodie Show on Twitter. At Not A Foodie Show on Instagram. DM us. DM us. DM us pictures of food. Yeah. DM us. Someone DM'd us someone painting a steak. Oh, my God. I got a great DM the other day. Not, um, not, like, not like taking a steak and painting over it. Like No, were... like a painted steak. But I also got a, I got a text from a, a friend of mine who listens to the show, and I had no idea that he listened to the show, and he sent us a picture of um, a pot pie that he made over a stove. Oh, I'm sorry, over like a wood-burning fire pit in like one of His those backyard. Yeah, we, but in like one of those campfire stoves, like an old um, you know, cast iron throw it on the coals sort of Dutch oven. And it was awesome and I was so I was so happy that he was inspired by the show. So, long story short, DM us those pictures. We love seeing things like that. In fact, Larry, I'm giving you a shout out. 
Larry and um, I think Lori, you guys did a great job. I'm gonna post pictures on the website of your um, of, of your awesome pot pie and the recipe, the <laughs> recipe, recipe. So yes, pot pie. So from pot pie to pot to pot, <laughs> I have something I want to talk about. Okay, I've seen a couple stories over the past few weeks about people getting into the edibles business. Um, one time my dog just got into edibles. One time your dog just got into edibles? Yeah, I don't want to hear that. No, not I good. I don't want to hear that at all. <laughs> Actually, one of the things I wanted to talk about <laughs> was CBD for pets. Yeah. Um, so who's getting into this? Do you know? Ari, our friend Ari, is big into, <laughs> is big into CBD for her dog. No, uh, uh, Martha Stewart. Martha yeah, Stewart. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, she's getting into like a CBD business um, with, uh, I think... Snoop Dogg? I, I might Her be friend? Snoop Dogg. I don't know if it's their best friend. I feel like I feel like I don't know if that's the case, but I feel like it might be, and it sounds right, even though it's probably not right. But yeah, so CBD um, for pets. I think she's also going to expand and do something um, for humans <laughs> as well. But I I found that fascinating. The other thing that I found fascinating is, do you know um, do you know who, who David Klein is? I know a David Klein, <laughs> but probably not. Do you know what Jelly Bellies are? The Jelly Beans? Jelly yeah. Beans, yeah. So there's there's like a famous story, and I don't know the story too well about, like, so David Klein is the inventor of Jelly Bellies. Oh. And he sold Jelly Bellies and for, like, nothing and is basically just sort of, you know, content with that. And he hasn't been involved with Jelly Bellies for a long time, but... This week, maybe it was, or over the past few few weeks, maybe the past month, he launched a he launched a business called Spectrum Confections that makes jelly beans um, with CBD. So basically, you just go online, you can buy Jelly Belly jelly beans, flavors of jelly beans um, that uh, have CBD. So is this a, a CBD segment or a THC segment? I, I think it's I just don't... a it's a pot segment. I don't know. Like, have you had any CBD stuff? I, no, no. I've, I've had a CBD cappuccino, and it was like, for well, the cappuccino itself was good. Um, It was, eh, like, I don't know. I, if what do you was, mean, eh? Like, the, the effects of CBD. Well, who knows? Like, eh. like, who knows? I, so what is it? The effects of CBD, so there's, It calms you, know, you without getting you stoned. That's, yeah, it's the component of, of marijuana, Which of is cannabis. Like, why do it? <laughs> I was watching something recently about the way that marijuana is grown these days, the way that the cannabis plant is grown these days, and how because people want to just be really, really high, that you don't get mellow anymore. There's no more mellow weed Uh, out there. That's not true. Well, you you never smoked weed 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago. No. It was mellower weed. Now it's really strong and, like, gets you really, really stoned. And that's what people, I think... The CBD industry is trying to create an industry. Of n- we of, are in the era of nostalgia. Of so. aging, I mean, aging hippies like Jelly Belly and Martha Stewart and people like that. They want they want that mellow, you know. Um, and the problem with the problem with the way that cannabis is cultivated these days is that it just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and the CBD percentage gets lower and lower and lower because they you can't have both. You yeah. have to either go for like the high THC or the high CBD. They, I remember. There's a strain called Charlotte's Web. Uh, there's so many strains. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's um, it's like almost zero percent THC. It's named after this girl, young girl who gets really bad seizures. It's super, super high in T uh, in CBD, mm-hmm. and they grew it in a lab for her medically, and it helped. She there's no THC, and she like her seizures are like non-existent. Yeah, I mean, I've I've heard those stories, and I I have no idea about the medical benefits. I mean, I know a lot of people that are um, involved in the CBD world as, you know, as a medicine. And, and I do believe that we're just scratching the surface of, like, what it can do. I just find it fascinating that there, this is a business that can be uh, – it, it intersects with food. So that's why, you know, we're mm-hmm. talking about it. But it could be, you know, tens of billions of dollars within the next five or six years, they're estimating. I mean, this Jelly Belly stuff, the the candy, mm-hmm. the candy man, what's his name? Spectrum Confections, the guy who invented Jelly Beans, Jelly Bellies. His, as soon as he launched this and as soon as he got any press, um, they they were sold out. And they don't sell out, like, little bags. They sell, like, bulk. Like, you have to buy, like, you know, 
10 pounds of loose jelly beans and they're gone. He, I mean, he has no idea when he's going to get them back because that's crazy. Yeah. I, I have this thing with restaurants with, um, like marijuana being the next, uh, service like pot sommeliers. I went to a wedding that had a, uh, cannabis sommelier. <laughs> it was in, it was in Colorado. It was in the mountains. They had a, they, they had a guy with, you know, giving you your your options and telling you, uh, and asking r- you, rolling for you. Yeah, and... I, I mean, they had pre rolled, they had <laughs> resin, they had you know edibles, and he had all different strains and like whatever sort of high. This you must were have been the happiest wedding. Oh my! Ever. God. It was a very happy wedding because it was on a mountain. Like we, instead of having like <laughs> catering, they had food trucks come in, and everyone was just everyone stone at so. stone and playing lawn games. Like everyone was playing. What like, was the like, attire? The wedding uh, attire. I mean, the groom, I think, wore, like, selvage denim uh, jeans and, like, a nice, cool, custom-made tuxedo top. But, like, the jeans were, like, old-school blue, like, raw mm-hmm. denim. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, What did you I wear? Think, I think I wore, like, nice pants uh, and, a, like, a button-up shirt but with a hoodie over it. Like, it was, it was just this chill wedding up in, you know, up in the mountains outside of Boulder, I think it was. So... Yeah, it was a good. It was a it was a good time, and that that's where I first experienced the pot sommelier. Uh, so, what do you think? Do, do you think that there's going to be like in restaurants? You think there's going to so not so much like because you can't smoke inside, right? But I have one is I think you're going to see uh, like remember how the bakery kind of just like blew up? Yeah, like gourmet bakeries. I think you're going to see gourmet edible bakeries. Mm-hmm. As like a, a sustainable. I agree business. with that. I absolutely agree with that. Um, and then I think you're gonna see, you're gonna see one. There, they already happen. THC tasting menus. They're a little underground. But yeah. Like you, if you look slightly hard, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Um. So you'll see more of that. Roberta's that like ten years ago. It was Esquire did a piece about like the secret Roberta's THC beer and the secret Roberta's THC menu. Wait, Roberta's? Yeah, like R- Roberta's the beer place, in Brooklyn, yeah. uh-huh. the pizza place. I, I had, I don't remember that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you weren't cool enough to get invited. I guess not. <laughs> um, and then so you could do those THC tasting menus, and then also I think you're gonna just have a guy that like can come by and be like, well, this is like. 23% indica and 18% sativa and has notes of strawberry and blah, 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 blah. And like, we'll roll the table side or like whatever. You know you. that, you know that all of that is complete and utter bull. Like, yeah, you, yeah. you know, that I that's don't, like, I don't yeah. care. I'm just telling you what yeah. no, I think. I'm just saying, I think, uh, tasting notes for wine are 90% bull. Yeah. And this is when people say indica and sativa, there's, there's no way to distinguish because they've been cross pollinated for generations. So there's no way to tell you exactly what, you know, wh- how, what percentage of indica versus sativa something is. The only way that people do it is from the taste and from the high that you feel. So, so they're like, blind tasting. Yeah. It, they're blind tasting. That's what I'm saying. There, there are pot yeah. super tasters out there that, you know, smoke a joint and write down their tasting notes. And then all of a sudden that becomes what. It is. In college, I did my best menu writing when I was stoned. <laughs> I don't think I ever did my best anything when I was stoned. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the day um, when when I can go get uh, some some fancy edibles from a pot sommelier in New York, which I think that day's coming. I, I wonder if you're going to have the the chefs, like true like New York City, not like Danielle Ballou, but like David Chang. I wonder if David Chang is going to be pushing out a THC tasting menu or if it's going to be like a weed guy who like yeah. partnered. That, that's a question I'm wondering. I don't know. It's a weird, it, it's like, a weird experience because when I, um, like, like, I feel like if you get stoned and you get the munchies, you're not appreciating your food. Like, I will have, I, I to a certain degree, yes, but to a certain degree, no. Um, like, I went to... Uh, Grant Ackett's did next. The, the mm-hmm. they did the Ilbuli menu in Chicago. Um, I mean, it was probably six or seven years ago that I went to this thing, and I was talking to uh, the hostess, and they were saying one of the hostesses was saying that um, people are always blazing out front because they want to come into this crazy, you know, twenty course experience where, like, I mean, some of the courses are like smoked foam or like you know, an orb of cheese, like mm-hmm. things that are like really trippy and weird. And she was like, we encourage that. She's like, that's fine. Like for that, I think that's totally fine. But for a regular gourmet meal, I mean, maybe they'll spend more money. They're not going to spend money on alcohol though. Yeah. Like 
if if pot was legal in New York City tomorrow, is David Chang doing a THC tasting menu at Momofuku Co? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or is he just like going to start selling joints outside of Fuku? So like, <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure if pot became legal tomorrow, you still wouldn't be able to sell them on the street. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do a, another segment about just we'll cooking, do it on cooking, cooking with pot. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it four twenty. That's what we'll do. Uh, at Sensacana on four twenty, I ran a four pieces of nigiri for twenty dollars special. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, you're listening to the Not a Foodie Show. We'll be back in a minute. Radio Rafa six twenty a.m. at Not a Foodie Show on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> be back in a minute. Hey everyone, it's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little venture. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session tell them that the not a foodie show sent you and i'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount bk media studio in the heart of greenpoint brooklyn right next to the g train brooklyn's most convenient studio and we're back thanks for tuning in to the not a foodie show 6 20 a.m radio rampa as always it's me it's mike moranti and i'm joined with tom miale miale you yeah. say that's so classy I, with the Italian restaurant now, it's my Italian accent is so on point. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. great. Mike, so, what what are we going to talk about now? Um, I was part of a wine tasting party. Yeah, last you were night. saying that. I wanted mm-hmm. to hear more about this. So, like, so, what 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 is a wine tasting party like? What did you do? So it's when a bunch of adults just find a reason to get very drunk on a weekday. Um, and you have to label that. I, I just call and, it. Let's get drunk on a weekday. Yeah, you just have to. You have to make it classy. <laughs> It's classy because so wine is involved. Yeah. All right. Because I've had, you know, Budweiser tasting parties and, you know, while watching a game on a weeknight. Uh, So so you did a wine tasting party. Did you host this wine tasting party? Oh, my girlfriend. Okay. At your place or her her place? place? Her place? Yeah. And what... So walk me through this. I mean, so, I, I've been to wine tastings. Like, yeah, so but, everyone brings a bottle or two of wine. You know, bring a bottle of red, bring a bottle of white, or bring some bubbles, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then um, we open a bottle, we go through the whites, and then we go through the reds. And we, we, uh, I went and I did the little nerdy thing. I was having everyone look at the, the wine in the glass with a piece of paper behind it so you could see the specks of colors. And we smelled it. We called tasting notes. On nice. the nose, we call taste. We sift it. We call tasting notes. So was this like a like a? We did that thing? for two wines, and then we just got. Then you just drank. Yeah. yeah. No, there were some couples. There were some. Pe- it it was her um work friends, and okay. then like, her work friends, and then me, and then another boyfriend. Gotcha. So it was, and I I've met all these people before. Okay. Um, so yeah, just it's a really fun thing to do. You get some wine. What's you, wait? What's but what's the yeah. purpose of it? So like, is the purpose of it to like socialize and get drunk, or the purpose, so, of, or is it an educational thing? Um, if you want me to talk your ear off about wine and tasting notes and tannins and regions and this, that, and the third, I can. I, I mean, yeah, I don't right now. Or, but. No, no, but or if you just want to get drunk, we can get drunk. So like, people would ask questions, and I. 99, 90% of the time, I didn't have to Google anything. Okay. Once, like, I was I was drinking, so I wasn't totally as sharp as I should be. So, like, <laughs> I forgot, like, certain wine words. Like, uh, in Champagne, the guy that ch- churns the bottle uh, a millimeter every day or whatever it is, it's called disgorge. And it's not called disgorging. I forgot the word again. All right. R- Riddling. Oh, there you it's go. called Riddling. And you haven't been drinking. No. It's, it's uh, called Riddling. So, just little things like that. We were talking about, like, what's the difference between Champagne and Prosecco and... Where's Paso Robles and uh, 
what what's the North Rhone and what's the South Rhone and this, that, and okay, the third. So cool. it was just like All people right. that wanted to learn about wine and we just talked about wine because otherwise you don't need to know anything about wine you you have all the answers to the universe in your pocket so you right, always just right, right. google things with your friends and be like oh okay no, but it's nice to have someone to like escort you through that yeah. where you could just sort of ask and you can point out things you can't taste things on your phone like i advise mm-hmm. licking your phone like you against licking your phone that, you do not lick your phone that's like, why uh the service industry is never going to be automated the, all <laughs> because, those all those yeah. things that are like fill out a survey and like we'll send you wine that you like will yeah. never actually work. You say that, but we're going to be proven wrong in 10 well, years. Well, yeah, there's going to be some crazy algorithm that's going to be, it's just going to be a human being. It's yeah. just going to be taste buds. But like. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I understand. I, like, I really, I think that it's great if you're there or someone there as an expert that can walk you through it. Otherwise, to me, it seems like, um, like drinking games in college. Like, I never liked drinking games because why don't oh, we just drink? Because I'm really good at flip cup. I mean, I'm good. At, I'm good at competitive, like, but I'm I'm not playing. You know, slap your hands and do the like, oh no the stupid the, drinking games or the card games or things like that. Like flip cup. Yeah, that is that's the only. Drink, I mean, flip cup is the only drinking game I play because there's a, the people that play beer pongs are like, I'm 27 now and people still take it way too seriously. Beer pong they take seriously. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, no, I'm just gonna play flip cup. And flip talk cup is trash the way to go. Flip cup beers. is the way to go. Yeah, we used to have um the the drunk Olympics and the final event was like. It was like a real. It was a relay race in a, a pool. Dizzy bat? In a pool. Oh, no, okay. and and you'd have to dive in the pool, swim a lap to the other side, and get out. Do flip cup, and then as soon as you were done with flip cup, the other person had to dive in the pool and go the other way. So it was a relay race. So anyway, a little <laughs> off topic. Um, but like I said, I, as long if you're there to guide people and you're there as like the asset of this evening, mm-hmm. like you're there to to be someone who can answer questions and to help people figure out what they like, that's great. I also think wine drunk is the best type of drunk to be with a bunch of people because you're not – everyone's, like, pacing themselves because you have to drink, like, a decent amount, and it doesn't stuff you. It doesn't bloat you the way beer does. Yeah. And it doesn't sneak up on you. Well, okay, so I, I'm going to counter that with bourbon because it doesn't bloat you. Bourbon can sneak up – liquor can sneak up on you. Liquor doesn't sneak up on me. Maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've been drinking bourbon since yes. you were born. Actually, you have been I have been drinking bourbon since, since you were born. I've, been, I've also been drinking bourbon since we turned on the microphones. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's just because I know how to sip my bourbon. <laughs> yeah, but this was the point of this wasn't for sipping. Yes. And if you were doing a whiskey tasting with like where everyone brought a different bottle of whiskey. We've done that. Yeah. And then <laughs> and it, it, it makes for a great party. <laughs> So, any tips for people who want to do, who want to host a wine tasting yeah. party, but do not have someone like you Spend, to come? Yeah, go to a good liquor store. Mm-hmm. Choose a budget; it should be like fifteen bucks, and talk to the wine guy, wine lady there, and just be like, "I'm looking for something that none of my friends would have had before. That something that like interests you, something that we can learn about." And mm-hmm. then, if they're good, they'll tell it to you, and hopefully, you can remember p- bits and pieces of it, and be like, "Oh." This is from blah, blah, blah. And at the vineyard, there's a dog. And, you know, and then you, you can wow your friends. <laughs> nice. So, and different types of wine. You, gotta, you oh. Do you start with bubbles, then move to white? If and someone br- We just said bring white and red. And, like, someone brought, one person brought bubbles. We're like, okay. Like, if you want to bring a rosé, if you really like rosé, all that stuff you just drink before the reds. So. Yeah. What kind of food did you have out? Um. So, we ordered pizza. All right. And wing, we ordered the best chicken wings I've ever had from a pizza. This sounds like the the like bougiest party ever. Wings and pizza. And then I made the lasagna. Oh, you made lasagna for that? Made, yeah. My if you haven't liked Mike's photo on Instagram of his lasagna, he was lamenting before how how he doesn't feel like he has enough likes on Instagram for for his masterpiece lasagna that he made. It was the best lasagna. It was the best sauce I've ever made. You made the sauce from scratch? Uh, yeah. Uh garlic, onions, Bacon, ground pork, ground beef, crushed tomatoes, red pepper, oregano, black pepper. Nice. I think we're we're getting into ASMR territory basil. again. <laughs> it's black pepper, basil, oregano. Just wait. Just the first episode's <laughs> dropping sooner than you think. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, so there you go. Any other last-minute tips for people have fun wine party? yes drink that's just what i was fun. just gonna say have fun because don't make wine to be snobby i love the fact that you guys had pizza and wings because that's the way to go so spicy hot wings are great yes what, what pairs that. best with spicy hot wings everything yes 
<laughs> Correct answer. Good. We're on the same page around all this. So, all right. Well, you're listening to the Not a Foodie Show. Um, Radio Rep at 6.20 a.m. Yep. At Not a Booty Show Talk- on Instagram and Twitter. Talking and- about drinks. Uh, my buddy is about to come step in the building with us, Alex Lazaridis. Stick around. He's going to tell us all about the new place he's been working on. Be back in a minute. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little adventure. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You could come in, take a tour, book a session tell them that the not a foodie show sent you and i'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount bk media studio in the heart of greenpoint brooklyn right next to the g train brooklyn's most convenient studio hey everyone it's tom from the not a foodie show are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant loving audience the not a foodie radio show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com. And we are back with the Not A Foodie Show on 620 AM Radio Rampa. That's at Not A Foodie Show on Instagram and Twitter. Hit us up. Mike. Yeah. We got a guest. We do. We have a very dear friend of mine. Yes. An old coworker. Uh-huh. Uh, we've both moved on, but now we are- we, now, You, you both moved other. on from your friendship? or no, each other. Like, from, from, from working each other. together. <laughs> but now uh, Mr. Alexander Lazaridis is the beverage director of the drugstore, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, brand, 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 brand spanking new cocktail concept in the Hudson Yards Mall, the multi-bajillion dollar yeah. entity. When I go there and they take my photo, is it? do I give up the rights to my personality? That That's the whole big thing now. You I, saw I, that? I, I think they, you give up the rights to everything. <laughs> have, you, have you climbed that thing? No. I refuse <laughs> to go anywhere near that. I'm in a There's bar. like line around the block, yeah, to get yeah. it. I'm give it get another couple of weeks and it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be give a it like easier. a year before I decide to do that. <laughs> so, how Alex, do you, how do you get there? How do you get to Hudson Yards? Yeah, it's only the seven train, right? One, it's, an Uber. It's Uber. Penn Station, and you walk over like three blocks. Oh, welcome yeah. to Transit Talk <laughs> on 6:20 a.m. Radio Rampa. Uh, the one is on a delay again. <laughs> Hudson Yards is where you would go. To do illegal things in public and not worry about the cops finding you. Like, oh. yeah, before they made like, it like, a like six months ago. Gajillion like, dollar. I mean, you, you can know, still mall. go there and do illegal things and not worry about the cops finding <laughs> yes. you. They're more preoccupied for, with a gajillion dollar building. That's yes, there. for different for different reasons. <laughs> so, <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yes. Yep. Um, so, Alex, yes. what? what uh, where are you from? What brings you here? I know where you're from. Tell the audience where you're from. Uh, originally born and raised in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, all right. For all of you One Tree Hill fans, that is my hometown. I I am familiar <laughs> with One Tree. That's like the Hill, one. That's I like the one know. fun fact. It's, okay. it's you're not missing out. You need to become more famous than One Tree Hill. So the, I think I already am. Like <laughs> in the state of New York, well, I think I carry I mean, a little bit more weight than anything else. In this else room, you're more famous than One Tree Hill because I don't know One Tree. I'm familiar right. with it. I'm more familiar with you now yeah. than I am with that. Um, but you know, born and raised in North Carolina, moved, uh, lived in Raleigh for about six years, and been in New York for about two and a half. Uh, did you come up here to do hospitality stuff, to do, you know, bartending? In a roundabout way, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a very hard ceiling in, in North Carolina about what you could do. Mm-hmm. and Especially three years ago. Especially three years ago. I mean, it's a little bit better now, but it's uh, it was a very hard ceiling, and I was just trying to figure it out. And I came up here and met some really influential people in the, in the, in the cocktail world. Mm-hmm. Vince connected me and Alex. Oh yeah, Vince is a former guest on the show, um, and you know, expressing discard, mm-hmm. giving him little little free plug, ding, little ding, free, ding, plug ding. There, right? free plug to his uh, to his consultancy. But yeah, no, Vince is a great guy. Vince is my um, favorite like alcohol trivia bartender in New York City. Like I will, I, I go sit at his bar and I learn something every mm-hmm. single time about some weird alcohol or spirit that I've never heard of before. Oh, you have. It, it, it was ridiculous. He was my my bar manager, like my manager, really for like 
three months, I learned more under him in a span of three months than I think I have ever learned, period. And then it's yeah. no matter what research I've done on my own, no matter what book, no matter what I listen to, it, everything I know came from Vince. Yeah, I mean, and people who are listening to this, and if you haven't listened to the Vince episode, go to rampa.nyc, radiorampa.nyc slash not a foodie, and look up the Talking Vincent Cocktails with, yeah, with Vincent V. I mean, it, you'll get an education. Yeah, oh, you will, you will learn so much. You'll learn today. <laughs> Y'all are gonna learn today. So, coming from uh, North Carolina, what was what was something that you were looking forward to about New York? Ooh, food, 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 and booze. Really, but, that's what it is. But North Carolina is a, as a state, I always thought it was a pretty good food state. I feel eh. like it's been getting there. Yeah, it's getting there in the last three years. I'd say yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's grown. It's grown a lot. So, like I've and I've always said, and I think I've I had a conversation with you about it, Mike. That and like my like most honest opinion on it is outside of New York, I think Charleston, South Carolina is the food capital of the United States. Uh, I, that, that's a claim. That's that it's I'm I will stand by I will argue anybody that <laughs> don't bloom the pace. I think it beats out everywhere else. Chicago? Yeah. Wow. Without a doubt. That's without a wow. doubt. I mean I so I, I agree with I I agree with meals that I've eaten there. I agree that I and I don't know enough about the food scene there, but I know that meals that I have eaten there rival any meal that I've had in any, you know, really great Michelin star restaurant, you know, in, in maybe not in New York, but in other cities, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a, it's an awesome port city. Like if you think of like your, your, your Southern city or your Southern town, that's like on the water and like what it's supposed to be, like they've captured it right. And that's like what, like moving further up the coast, that's like what Wrightsville Beach try to be. And that's what Wilmington try to be, but they just, they missed the mark on it. Like Wrightsville Beach went very, like, I don't want to say, Trash, but boardwalk trashy, <laughs> like Jersey, like Jersey Shore. Jersey I don't want yeah, to say Jersey Shore. I don't want to say Jersey Shore, Shore but yeah. I'm going I'm to say Jersey Shore. Yeah. Um, and then Wilmington is like getting there and they're they're making better strides to like become like this really dope port city. But they're still just like missing the mark, in my opinion. Like they're they're on the water and there's not a lot of places that are doing like fresh fish or like fresh seafood. Like it's so like <sighs> the bigger restaurants are still getting like frozen stuff imported and yeah. I get it from a cost point of view but at the same time I'm like I will pay $30 for fresh octopus I, I would like that's just not a right. thing I wouldn't do yeah, yeah. And, and and you're there you need to take advantage of that yeah. you need to take advantage of that locality and uh, any place and on and the water should have oysters like, yeah like a good oysters a serious well, oyster yeah. thing I mean and, and Carolina oysters southern oysters are I mean they're they're great they're they're different oh, yeah. than the crazy mm-hmm. briny northeast yeah. ones, but they're sweeter they're they're delicious. It's just a different take on, on all of it. And, like, it's getting better. Like, one of my best friends um, uh, from back home, Brendan, he's uh, he's one of the best chefs I've ever had the, the pleasure of working with. He's a young kid. I think he's, like, 24 now maybe. Maybe what? 25. Like, young kid. One of the best chefs I've ever had to work with. Really? I've collaborated with him on so many of my cocktail ideas and, like, using his barbecue sauce for, like, Michelada plays and Bloody Mary plays. Where, where is he? Is he? He's in Wilmington. He's but in he, Wilmington. He's, like, he stepped away from the entire industry stream, and he decided to open up a farm because he was, like, no one's getting produce like they should. So he wow. has one you know of the name of the farm? Off the top of my head, no. But, like, after a break, I can definitely find yeah, out. Yeah, we'll Google it. Yeah. Um, but, the, like, the scene's getting better down there. But coming to, like, New York, it's always been, like, this big blown-up idea. It's, like, I can walk anywhere within, like, a five-block radius, yeah. and I will find – more good restaurants in that five block radius than I would in all of Wilmington. Well, I mean, people always ask me, like, what's the diff- What's the biggest difference? I- I've been living in Queens now for 12 years, I guess it is, but I lived on the Lower East Side for, for years. And, it's like, what's the biggest difference? And I always say that I can come home at 2 o'clock in the morning and go find some obscure Peruvian barbecue uh, in on the Lower East Side where I could still find obscure Peruvian barbecue in Queens. It's just that it closes at, you know, 10 yeah. o'clock at night. Um, so it's just the access to that sort of that, that crazy food scene is something yeah. that I mean that that I always put really high up on a list of things that I need in a city. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. I do have a question though for you guys because yeah. because I am like I'm oh, Eastern. Oh, you interview us? Please. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Is, I'm sorry. Yeah. Turn the tables. I, the interviewees become the interviewer. <laughs> uh, I Eastern North Carolina. Like we have, and I will stand by this claim. Like the best barbecue because it is vinegar based. What is Brooklyn barbecue? And what are you guys doing right. to barbecue? All right, all right. So here's my here's Let's my take dive on barbecue. I've only ate at Ferrisau, and I was not. I thought it was fine. I wasn't like, That's, oh my god, this is wow. I see why people wait online no, for this. Blah, mean, blah blah. Listen, that I ate it, and I was like, this is fine. This six, is food. Six seven years ago, Ferrisau was like, I mean, that was it. There was the, the only game in town, really. 
But I, I, so I, this is my whole take on New York City barbecue. Because <laughs> I am a barbecue, I, I just came back from Austin, which Texas barbecue is beef and brisket. Yo, it's heavy. And it's awesome yeah. and it's delicious and I love it. I love Carolina barbecue. I love the vinegar I, stuff. I'm big on D- Texas barbecue too, especially uh, Dallas BBQ. Huge, <laughs> huge on Dallas BBQ and the Henny Coladas. That's like, oh, I'm, I'm really into this Scottish, <laughs> this Scottish restaurant. It's called McDonald's or something. <laughs> McDonald's? McDowell's? I don't know. Right? But, <laughs> Um, no, okay, so you got Texas barbecue, which is yeah. all beef and everything like that. I love Carolina barbecue because, I mean, you see the logo of our show as a pig. I mean, yeah. I am I am mm-hmm. Mr. Pig. I do, I don't do like a full-on pig pick, but I do pig roasts like, yeah. like every summer. I love pig. I love pulled pork. I love barbecue. And when I have that, I, um, I make a thinner barbecue sauce. I don't do a vinegar sauce. I do do a vinegar sauce for myself. My kids love the sweetness Makes of- sense. The, the like heavier barbecue sauce. So my take on oh, I, what I don't like, and this is this is going to be controversial. I don't like like St. Louis. I like barbecue. I don't like like Kansas City barbecue. No, I'm not a fan. Um, Kansas City smoked barbecue, cold smoked, right? Well, it, they're all smoked, but I mean Kansas City is usually uh, I, well. I like Kansas City over St. Louis. So St. Louis is more of a wet, and mm-hmm. Kansas City is like the dry rub. Yeah, not a lot of sauce. Um, if I were to pick my favorite type of barbecue, it would be a vinegar ba- vinegar based Carolina barbecue. East North, the Eastern North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. But I think what what Brooklyn barbecue does is it you're you're starting to see this all over the place with yeah. barbecue restaurants. You're starting to see it just um, really take on the flavors of everything else that's around it. And Brooklyn has, or New York City barbecue in general, has never been tied down by tradition because. There, there is was none. there's there is yeah. no barbecue here. So yeah. people like import it and they start experimenting with things like, oh, let's like make a smoked corned beef or let's do this or that. And and you know, 90% of the times it doesn't work, but the 10% of the times that's that just, it does work, it's it's, it's pretty good. All so right. that's yeah. my take that's on, your take on it on barbecue. Danny yeah. Meyer has a uh, blue smoke, which is um it's in Midtown and it's a barbecue slash jazz spot. Yeah, it's it's yeah. good. Yeah, and they had their own bourbon for a while. I have a bottle of it because Kristen used to live next door. Kristen's my wife. I don't I don't mention her name on the air a lot, but guess Kristen's my wife. <laughs> um, Just drop her social know, security know, number, right. and she'll be yeah. very happy. What's, what's the address? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, do you, are there any um, places in New York that are doing good Carolina barbecue? The only one. So I've only been able to go to one, and that's just from working odd industry hours and. 4 a.m. cocktail bars and just not having a life outside of that. Right. And I wouldn't say it was good, but it was just enough to be like, oh, this is like a slight reminiscent of barbecue. And I can't believe I'm about to say it, but I think it's like Route 66 down in Fida off of Stone Street. Really? Yeah. Like it was, it's there. It's vinegar based. I get it. It's just not home. It's just not home. Is Daisy Mays still around? I've never heard of that place. No? So Daisy Mays was a, was a place. It might still be around. I don't know. If you are still around, I'm sorry, Daisy Mays. Um, <laughs> but but they, did, they did whole pig barbecue. Um, they were on the west side, like, by the Javits Center, or by the entrance to, like, the Lincoln Tunnel, actually. Um, and they were really good. They were, I don't know if they, they're still around or not, but they did, like, a good pig pick. Sort of whole hog vinegar based sauce barbecue. I mean, if you look back at I'm like gonna Google it right now. birthday parties of mine from ten years ago, it's they're all at Daisy Mays. Everything's at Daisy Mays. That's like a it's weird though because like it's a thing that like that that was like a thing up here because like even like back like home in like in North Carolina like not and I'm not going to say like Wilmington to it at all because like they just permanently didn't... closed. Permanently closed. Oh, okay, it's awful. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, but like even in Wilmington, like they didn't do. Like barbecue spots, like you were on like a beach town. Like when I moved to like Raleigh, like there was like some more there to it. But even then, it wasn't like it wasn't like that good, like old Southern like whole pig pig picking, like bring your family. So Here's what like is a, a pig pick? Oh, Mike, you're missing you're out. Missing out. So you take you're a whole out. like Eastern North Carolina barbecue is the entire pig. It is just like it is what you think of when you think like like backwater country, just like. Oh, here's like so Farmer you're, Joe. You're putting a whole pig in a smoker. It, it's essentially kind of. It's not really. I mean, it's not heavily smoked. Nope. There's a little bit of smoke to it. You're basically you're slow roasting for a long time. So over spit? Yeah. No, no. Um, no. I'm a lot just of trying time, to understand the vessel that we're cooking this in. Uh, sometimes they bury it. Sometimes they do it in a barbecue. Sometimes, it's like a, yeah. it's like a weird crossover between like a barbacoa, a barbecue. It depends if you have like a big enough like oven you can put it in. It just it really depends. And then yeah. how are the cheeks? I mean, the cheeks are the best part of any Always. animal. Okay. I mean, like, Good. Uh, any animal, the cheeks are the best part. My son and I fight like, with knives. Can we do knives. this? 
Can we go? Yeah. To, can we go get some pig barbecue pig I, cheeks? I do. So what I do out in out of my house out um, out east, not in Queens, because I'd probably get kicked out of my neighborhood if I did this. Um, is that we built one of these, like one of the cajachina boxes, like you know, and we. I don't follow the cajachina recipes for like you know, oh, this like very Cuban sort of uh, pork sandwich where everything is pretty much well done. I do like the low and slow, and. Low and slow, I think, comes out the best. So we just take the whole pig. Yeah. Instead of it being sort of tied up like in Carolina does, we splay it out mm-hmm. and then just chop it up. So yeah. you've got a combination of, like, the crispy skin mixed in with, like, the really juicy stuff. Yeah. The jowl no one goes near because I have the biggest cleaver, and it's mine. <laughs> the jowl is, is all mine. The the place I'm at now, people ask me what guanciale is because it's on two different dishes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it, it's pork jowl and they're like huh i'm like no it's it's the best part like <laughs> you know what i call it right face bacon face bacon yeah <laughs> it's face bacon. I, I worked in another place and they had guanciale and short rib and octopus in the dish uh-huh. and i was like i always thought uh octopus was like sea bacon <laughs> sea bacon yeah so i was like i sea bacon and face bacon when i <laughs> when i make a fish like and i do like a crispy skin fish it's like the bacon of the sea i make sure that i put something <laughs> like like sea. some sort of oil or something on the skin and then i take a blowtorch to it and just crisp it up and those little pieces are, you know, like the bacon of the sea. So nice. Yeah. So what? Uh, so no real, real spots other than your fidei place down there. Yeah, it's like I mean, I'm not gonna go there as it is. But like it was there when I lived there, so like I'm there. But but I, feel I haven't like... found any. I haven't gone exploring like nearly enough to be able to go find them. But like I just haven't found a place that I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm that reminds some... you of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is like Jacob's Pickle, or oh, I don't know that place. Uh, Upper West Side. Mason pickle. Mason pickle. Mason. Like that's not. Shout out to my boy Chad, who's one of the managers at Mason yeah, pickle. Yeah, it's that's like a that's a dope place, but I wouldn't qualify it as like barbecue. Oh, it's not a barbecue. Place. Yeah, but like yeah. that's like that's about as close as I can get to like so, remnants of like southern food. I, southern food is uh, outside of barbecue. Just take barbecue off the table. Like southern food in general is is has been having its moment for the past maybe five or six years, and I think it's, like. The, like the slow stuff, like uh, shrimp and grits and like cheesy grits on plates, and I mean brunch. You can't food. think of anything better oh. than like a southern brunch. Oh yeah, like, but, there's but nothing baking, than that. bacon and everything, pork fat and everything. Whoever like that. came up with chicken and waffles is like. <laughs> oh, Durham, North Carolina's got the best chicken and waffles. There like, we go. We're gonna go on a road trip, gentlemen, yes. just so we can get chicken and waffles yes. in Durham, North Carolina. <laughs> yes, contribute to our Kickstarter because <laughs> we're going on a road trip. You can all yes. Venmo me. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, I think um, I think we've got to wrap this up. This is this uh, we've been talking for quite some time with uh, with Alex. Alex, you want to plug anything while you're here? Instagram? Where are you? What are you doing? What are you up to? You're gonna have um, to spell out your name. I'm gonna have to self spell out my name, but it's uh, Instagram is uh, Alex Lazaridis. That's L A Z A R I D I S eighty nine. Um, but I'm I'm over at uh, at Hudson Yards at the drugstore. Beverage directing there, and we got another location opening up soon. But we're doing some really detailed over the top cocktails mocktails uh just to kind of get our vibe going and flow going so you're you're in for a treat when you come by nice if you go there and you ask for alex and you tell him that you heard it about it on this show he'll do something for you we don't know what that is he will do something he might he might do a dance (laughs) maybe we'll give you some stickers to hang out if anyone comes we're gonna give you some stickers if anyone comes to alex's again give give the plug give the shout out the drugstore? The, the drugstore over at Hudson Yards. Drugstore over at Hudson Yards. Say that the Not A Foodie Show sent you. You'll get, you'll get a sticker. Alex will give you a sticker. I mean, you can also get a drink. <laughs> I mean, you have to buy a drink. Proof of purchase it's, is it's, required. It's a, it's a proof of purchase. Pur- purchase Just is required. Show the receipt to the, to, to the guys and then you get a sticker. It's, it's going to be a process. We don't give away stickers for free. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you're listening to the Not A Foodie Show. Uh, Alex, you want to stick around for our final segment? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. We're going to talk uh, cocktails in a second. We'll be back. Hey, everyone. It's Tom from the Not A Foodie Show. Are you a small business looking to advertise to a food and restaurant-loving audience? The Not A Foodie Radio Show has advertising opportunities available that fit a range of budgets. For a free consultation or for more information, email info at notafoodie.com. That's info at notafoodie.com.
Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little adventure. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session tell them that the not a foodie show sent you and i'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount bk media studio in the heart of greenpoint brooklyn right next to the g train brooklyn's most convenient studio and we are back with the not a foodie show on radio rampa 6 20 a.m at not a foodie show on instagram and twitter mike what time is it drink time Drink time. That Alex is here. Hey, Alex. Hello. So if you didn't listen to the last segment of the show, um, Alex, pronounce your last name because I haven't done it. Lazaridis. Correct. Lazaridis. Jones. I'm Alex Jones. Yes. Oh, God. No, don't say that. <laughs> Lazaridis. Oh, God. <laughs> Alex Lazaridis is here. And Alex um, is a cocktail maker extraordinaire. Right? You're let's looking go, at me let's, like... Let's go with that. Yeah, let's you, go you are. That. That, now let's, you are. Let's, now let's, it's been said on public airwaves. Let's, so. let's, I yeah. mean, I could live with that. <laughs> one, one time at, at Sen, uh-huh. at uh, Alex had the day off, uh-huh. and this guy came in, and he sat at the bar, and he ate, and he left, and he came, comes up to me. He's like, doesn't Alex work on Tuesdays? I was like, uh, he usually does, but he needed this Tuesday off. He's like, well, I only came here because of him. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, okay, but like he he needed the day off. I like he still works here. That's good. You've got you've got crowd. You've got a fan base. You're, a, you're bigger good, than One Tree Hill. I have a good following. I have a great following. <laughs> and from that there. day on, he was called Weird Guy. Alex. From that day on, no, 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 no. The, that guy. <laughs> from that day on, I also worked every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, let's start yes. with you. Let's put you in the mindset. You. It's Saturday late afternoon. You're off. And you just finished recording a grueling day of AM radio talk uh, talk show about food. What are you in the mood to drink tonight? Ooh, well, if I'm shameless plug here, yes. if I'm if I'm near the drugstore at Hudson Yards, yes, I will be getting the the local Verde. I believe is the name we went with. Local Verde, Verde, local Verde. Crazy, Lo- green? Lo- crazy Green, Crazy Green. Oh, local, 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 Verde. Verde. Like local, local Green, local. Don't local you Verde. know, man? Yeah, no, I'm local. But that might be one of my favorite drinks that I've ever. I've What's ever in done. it? What are the specs? But it's it's oh, a mocktail, no. right? It is a mocktail. We are awaiting our liquor license, but I. Pure <laughs> <laughs> right. mocktail. However, however, I will allow it. I will allow it. However, however, yes. it is probably one of the best tasting drinks you'll have. Really, um, done it with booze, obviously in cons- in, in the creation of it, but. It is unreal, and it's everything that I don't like, which is why I like it so much. Uh, so first of all, I'm intrigued, and second yeah. of all, that's a great way to it sell is, something. Yeah, this is, here's a bunch of stuff I don't like together. I'm like I'm a weird person. Like I I don't I'm not even a weird person. I just I don't like a you few are a weird things. Person. All right, well let, yeah, let, let hit hit us with it. What's, so what's the ingredients? It's it's smoked. Uh, the the glass itself is smoked with chamomile tea. Okay, I like that. Yeah, wasabi, matcha, and cucumber, and a float of yuzu and club soda. Wow. Sabi, matcha, cucumber, yuzu, club. All right, cool. Yeah. Now, what, if you were going to put a liquor, Oh, sake, right? like the driest sake you can find. Something very, very light to go along with it. Or like Androzo? Yeah. Yeah. Or I would go mm-hmm. with a super badass lowland tequila. So you get a lot of uh, uh, like that bathtub gin, like. Okay, like, just like that, that, that funky, like yeah. herbal earthiness. Yeah. 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 Like one of those two with it. Wow. That's cool. I like it. It sounds. Um, I'm, I'm envisioning it. It sounds like it's like the perfect little spring oh, it's or a, summer, you know, it's sipping a, it's cocktail. A, it's a kick. It's a kick to the face. Like you don't smell like the wasabi is not on the nose whatsoever, and then you get it all in the back end to the finish. Wow. How many cocktails are you guys doing right now? Seven. We just expanded it from four to seven. This is only our second week, or mm-hmm. really, it's our first week. So, um, we're like limited hours. Next week, we go eleven to eleven with it as it is. Um, we'll be like a full on cocktail bar. We're doing a lot of New York based spirits to it. Um, which ties into what I would do if I'm not near Hudson Yards, um, but like all the New York, uh, all the New York like gins, if I can get my hands on them, uh, Fort Hamilton is my favorite rye. Like that's just gonna be there. Um, a Fort Hamilton, Manhattan would be my go-to if I'm not near Hudson Yards. Though. Okay, all right, sounds good. I heavy, love it. Heavy I love rise, it. heavy rise. I love. I'm a big rye fan. Oh. I'm a big rye. Rye is my like. But rye and bourbon are my summertime. You know, ground liquors. 
Um, I usually don't bring drink brown liquor during the summertime. I, I stick with uh, brown liquor during the wintertime and like clear liquor during the summertime. <laughs> Rye and bourbon are the exceptions. Ta- There's ta- many ex- exceptions there's as many people. Exceptions. Yes. So, Mike, what are you drinking? Um, this little thing called a siesta. Okay. It's, um, oh, I, yeah. That's, it's a that's... PDD, PDT cocktail. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, it's just a tequila Hemingway daiquiri. Okay, so what's a, in it? A Hemingway daiquiri is a daiquiri with grapefruit juice and a Campari, right? Luxardo. Okay, so this is with Campari. Yeah. All right, so this is a tequila, Campari, lime, and grapefruit juice, and a little simple. Cool. Yeah. How are you going to garnish it? Uh, it says <laughs> grapefruit peel. What's it? The, the recipe? Yeah. The, the recipe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a bartender. <laughs> I'll, You're the drink guy. I'll, yeah, and I'll get behind the bar if I have to. But like, I'm not a bartender. I'll be the, I'm on the floor. Um, <laughs> yes, I know. I've witnessed you behind the bar and on the floor. I, too, have witnessed him behind the bar and on the floor. Yeah, it, when me and Alex bartended together, it was me asking him how to make drinks. It was, it was me barking instructions. It was great. He followed them to the team. To, uh, to the quarter hour. Yeah, I was talking about that my, time. My you, drinks were very good. They were. They were all my instructions. I was talking about that time you came out to my summer house, drank all my alcohol, and then ended up on the floor. But I didn't end up. It was good. <laughs> I don't know. It was fun. It's funny. My, he did the same thing in one of my places, at uh, my place, but I ended up on the floor. <laughs> well, my, my cocktail this week... Um, and I'm I've, can- never, I'm I've never had it. I'm sure with candy ginger. You're, candy ginger? Yeah. Candy ginger is a, a good go-to. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry to <laughs> interrupt your garnish question, your answer <laughs> to your garnish. Um, my, I, I, I have never made this cocktail, but I've been reading about it this week. It popped up in one of my social feeds. It's called the Matador, and apparently it's an old Trader Vic's cocktail, and it just sounds like it's really good. It's um, tequila, um, a little bit of pineapple juice, and lime, which is a very Trader Vic sort of sweet yeah. tropical thing, but I've been seeing that um, it's making a comeback and people are putting their own riffs on it, so they're using, like, green chartreuse and taking taking a little bit of the pineapple juice back and doing other sort of spirits with it just to make it not as sweet and tropical. And I feel like it's not full-blown summer yet, so I can't, like, drink this, uh, like, you, can, you know, I, can, I, I need something to, like, an intermediate cocktail. You like, can drink whatever you my want. Friend, yes, I know. My <laughs> friend took the Somali exam. And they asked him in the the theory, what's the main spirit in a matador? Uh-huh. And like, what an easy question. If you if even if you had no idea what it was, you're just like, oh matador, that's Mezcal. Spanish. It must be tequila. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. So yeah. That, that was it my sounds... introduction to that cocktail was that story. I mean, it just sounds like a really good cocktail that I would like to, you know, that I would like to try. I'm gonna experiment with. And this is gonna be the basis of my summer twenty nineteen cocktail. I'm gonna do a riff on a matador. I'll Call it the Mialiador or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, but that's it. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. Well, I think it is about that time for us to uh, to start saying goodbye. So, Alex, you have anything to plug? Well, you plugged in the last segment. You don't need to plug anything else, do you? Come visit Alex. Come come visit me at the drugstore drug at Hudson Yards. <laughs> Does the drugstore have an Instagram? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. It's Mike. Where we got another location opening up, so we're tight-lipped about it till that goes. <laughs> at Mike Maranti, M-I-K-E-M-I-R-A-N-T-I, at Not A Foodie Show. That's actually the important one. At Not A Foodie Show. Join our email list. Go to notafoodie.com and sign up for our email list. DM us questions. And we will be back next week on 620 AM Radio Rampa. Hey, Mike, where are we? We're in beautiful Greenpoint, Brooklyn at the BK Media Studio. The BK Media Studio is the home of the Not A Foodie podcast. It's so much better than my dining room table where we started this little adventure. It has full video capabilities, full audio capabilities. If you're looking for a studio to record a podcast, to do an interview, to record a YouTube show, or anything, think of the BK Media Studio. The number is 917-300-9123. You can come in, take a tour, book a session tell them that the not a foodie show sent you and i'm sure we'll work out some sort of a discount bk media studio in the heart of greenpoint brooklyn right next to the g train brooklyn's most convenient studio hey everyone it's tom from the not a foodie show are you a small business looking for ways to reach a large influential cooking and restaurant loving audience we've got multiple marketing solutions available contact info at notafoodie.com for more information